everybody. Greetings and welcome into the Orlando Magic High Performance Podcast presented by Advent Health. Jake Chapman here with you. We've got Dante Marcatelli as well. And we're very excited to be joined today by Dr. Jeffrey Coleman, Senior Vice President and Chief Quality and Safety Officer for Advent Health and the Magic's Head Athletic Trainer as well, Ernest Eugene, joining us uh, from the Disney campus. And it's been about nine or 10 days. Magic have been out at Disney along with 21 other NBA teams and Magic will have their first scrimmage next Wednesday the 22nd, Ernest uh, and Dr. Coleman join us today because we wanted to check in on how the Disney campus idea came to fruition, uh, what all Advent Health is doing to keep that environment safe, as well as our community here in Central Florida, of course, and also the adjustments Ernest and the high performance staff have had to make over the last four months or so, and what has that experience been like so far out on the Disney campus? So let's dive right in, guys. I appreciate your time. I don't want to waste any more of it. Uh, Dr. Coleman, again, thanks for taking time today. A simple but big question to start uh, from a public health standpoint, when the idea of this Disney campus came about, what were some of your concerns? And then part two, um, just sort of take a step back and what job do you think the NBA has done uh, with this undertaking so far? Um, so excellent question. Um, there's lots of opinions about, you know, what should be done and lots of different factors. So what we do is um, we rely upon science. So hazard reduction science. So for any hazard, there's a hierarchy of principles. Um, we base that on public health principles. So the first thing we did was um, make sure that uh, eliminate the hazard. So in this case, remove the virus. So that's where the appropriate testing is done that identifies the humans that are the vector and the host of the virus. Uh, the second one is engineering controls. So you would isolate people. Uh, the third hierarchy is um, administrative controls where you um, change the way that people work and the cha change the way they do leisure. And then the least effective, but the one that like the public always pays attention to is uh, personal protective equipment, masks, goggles, gloves, those type of things. So kind of the, the brilliance of the NBA plan is that they addressed the most effective controls, eliminating the hazard. And then at the same time, they were very sensitive to do it, that it doesn't adversely affect um, the community. Um, the, the testing, it's a, testing is a valuable resource that's scarce in the Orlando area and also did not put a burden on the uh, healthcare system uh, capabilities in the area. That's well, good insight, Jake. I think the first thing that comes to mind is how unqualified you and I are so when, you have, when you have these two joining the discussion here. But uh, Ernest, it's good to see you as well. And I kind of want to get your thoughts. Uh, it's a great layout and you're, you're having a discussion about a campus at Disney and what all goes into it, as Dr. Coleman just laid out from a magic perspective. Now you're trying to ramp up everything you need uh, to, to get this team safely into this campus. What, what all went into it from a magic perspective? Well, I'd first start off by saying Advent Health did a great job preparing us for it in regards to uh, opening up our facilities, making sure our testing was there. And just as Dr. Coleman alluded to, the availability to the community wasn't taken away by us doing our testing, et cetera. But when it came to that, us preparing to come to Disney, just like any road trip, you're preparing all the essentials that you need from tape, braces, et cetera. But you we also had to take a different spin and a different approach to it 
from in regards to PPE equipment being provided uh, that's not provided for us. The NBA is doing a great job of providing that for us, but those things that we did not get from the NBA, we had to make sure we had those in place. Uh, there also was uh, about 10 to 12 days of testing that the NBA required us to do every other day. And that testing went along, was kind of piggybacked on the uh, testing that the Advent Health provided us as well. So we did that just to prepare ourselves to enter the Disney campus. And once we got onto the Disney campus, we found ourselves doing daily testing. So thinking in those regards as well and making sure all those I's are dotted and T's are crossed was important. I would think this this could be a two-hour-long answer, but could you just walk us through some of the ways you guys, some of the protocols and some of the measures you guys are taking to keep things safe on the Disney campus, but then also within the Central Florida community? So uh, one of the biggest things that we, well, everything is is good that what we're doing, but one of the biggest things that we're doing is a cult. We call it a daily medical checklist. The NBA has provided that to us. So there's a NBA My Health app that goes into it. So every person, our rule of thumb is when you wake up in the morning by 8 a.m., if you wake up that early, if not, as soon as you wake up, you're filling out a daily questionnaire. And it's looking at, do you have any symptoms that are, that are linked potentially to COVID? It could be a headache, it could be sore throat, fever, chills, et cetera. On top of that, every player and staff member is asked to take their temperature daily. So when they wake up, they're provided with a thermometer in their room so they can take that temperature daily and they've got to record that. The NBA's cutoff for their temperature is 99.1. So if your temperature is above at 99.1 or above, that becomes a red flag. And so that I'll talk about where that red flag goes in a second. They also take their pulse ox to mess with a pulse oximeter. They measure their oxygen saturation. And usually if it's below 96, that's another red flag. So those things are done. And throughout the campus, as you leave your room, there's different checkpoints that you'll, you'll run into health monitors. And those health monitors will allow you to scan your Disney magic band. You scan that. And if it turns blue, you're not in the clear. That means something's wrong. So then those health monitors are able to pull up your account and say, well, maybe your pulse ox was a little low, or maybe your temperature is a little high, and it sends a red flag up the flagpole, if you would. And uh, if it's not, you turn green, you're good to go. First couple of days, they were a little more lenient as we're learning this process, et cetera. But as we got going, if it turns blue, we immediately correct why is it blue right there. And not only does it go to the health monitors, but it also goes to the physicians that are overseeing the process and each team is assigned physicians so those assigned physicians to us during that time frame also gets a red flag so by the time you get the blue for a player you've already gotten five calls about this player had a blue and or staff member had a blue and this is what's going on incredible the detail that goes into it and thanks for laying that out it really is fascinating and dr coleman i'll ask you as well and ernest mentioned the, the great partner that advent health is and has been for the magic and for this community so what are some of the ways uh, you know he mentioned the magic side now how about on the advent health side that they've helped the magic and and also helped this community go through this pandemic so so first i'd start off with the orlando magic has been a great partner of advent health both of us since day one of the franchise, you know, more than a quarter century ago. Um, so it, it really starts um, over time. So Advent Health, um, the sports medicine physician, the orthopedic surgeon um, are on the medical staff at Advent Health. 
uh, Ernest and his team anything they need. We actually have a care advocate that's dedicated to them that helps sort through the maze that often is the, uh, the healthcare system. Um, the magic stepped up when Advent Health needed um, to up our um, protective equipment for our um, nurses, physicians, frontline staff. And so they turned the whole Amway Center into storing the, um, um, instead of the basketball games being played on the court, they stored um, millions of equipment for us that was literally um, a game changer, a lifesaver. Ernest, how have, the, how have the guys been handling it? I mean, it's a, it's a new normal, obviously. We've heard that phrase a million times, but I mean, this is, this is completely unprecedented. And I would think maybe a couple of weeks from now, they'll get some cabin fever or something a little bit. But for now, they're probably just happy to be, to be hooping again, aren't they? Absolutely. You can see on the court, there's just a sense of energy and emotion where they're, they're playing for one another. They're doing a great job in that, in that regards, in regards to the different things that are being asked of them, daily testing, the checklist every day, et cetera. They've done a great job with it of making sure they're green every day. It's, it's to the point where it becomes a joke. Hey, I'm green today. Are you green, Ernest? So they've been doing a really, really good job on and off the court. I think that's terrific. And, and Dr. Coleman, you laid out how critical Advent Health is to making this all work. But now the hard-hitting stuff. I got to ask you, for those that took the time, there's about a 113-page document that outlined all the things that players can and cannot do, one of which is doubles, ping pong, and things like that. Anything that gets them, I guess, within six feet or more. Why is all that important? Why, why When you see that, Dr. Coleman, what, what all went into that? And why is it important to outline activities where – where people can't get that close to each other? Well, that's a good question. So if you think back to those um, hazard reduction, those hierarchy of controls, one of them was the, um, the administrative controls of, of just changing the way that people work and changing the way they do leisure activity. So um, with doubles, table tennis or ping pong, um, you're in close personal contact with another human being. And um, in addition to whacking somebody on the back, there's also, um, it's just unnecessary that you're within their personal space. And so for a respiratory virus, there's no way to do the social distancing and it's just unnecessary. So a lot of the um, activities that are listed as don't do are just, um, it's, they're just not necessary. Another one that caught my attention was um, playing cards. So yeah. once you use a deck of playing cards, uh, you don't want to reuse that deck of playing cards. So that has to do with many people when they play cards, they touch their face, they unnecessarily um, breathe on it. And it's just a way to kind of point out um, there's, there's um, minimize that uh, close uh, personal contact um, to only what is uh, absolutely essential and get rid of all the unnecessary ones. And, you know, and just to follow up on that, you have to be proud of how it all came together, really, and that they took that amount of detail to go into. Those are a couple examples there, but just the, the massive undertaking that this must have been to make this all happen. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate sophistication is simplification. And uh, they did a good job of sometimes when you have teenagers, when you have university 
um, age students, you got to spell it out. Here's the, uh, here's the rules because, uh, you know, if they're like my kids, they're going to, you're going to try to find a way to uh, get right up to the edge and sometimes even uh, bend them a little bit. You're right. We talk about this, but you've had to create so many new protocols just in your day to day. And that obviously goes back to the practice facility closing and trying to get, um, trying to get the guys able to stay in shape and do their workouts at home. Um, spin it forward. I mean, at, at some point, hopefully in the near future, but at some point in the future, we're going to get back to normal. Will there be exercises or, um, or approaches or um, protocols that you've put into place over the last few months that you will use moving forward when we do quote unquote, get back to normal? I would say, I would say this business is about building relationships. So being able to lay, lay eyes and see the guys, et cetera, et cetera, that helps us form that bond that we're looking to form with them. And to answer your question, I would foresee us doing more face-to-face, -face, being in the presence of them from a training standpoint, rehab standpoint, et cetera. Uh, it was very, very hard for us to do that stuff over Zoom or whatever it may be. Now, during the quarantine, we actually had a Zoom yoga session. So if we don't have to do a session where we can't be face-to-face, -face, I, I believe we'd avoid it as much as we can because just being in the presence and being able to correct little things that they're doing, et cetera, that's going to be uh, important. And our staff did a great job of making sure during that uh, shutdown period, if you would, March, April, et cetera, that we utilize that as best as we possibly could. And you know what, Ernest, you outlined it a little bit, but, but kind of take us through a, a typical day. Like, you know, you, you, you did a little bit of detail, but we haven't played games yet. Maybe give us some insight on what it'll look like on a game day or kind of what it's like in there and, and what these guys are going through and your, yourself included. I know you guys are wearing many hats. There's only 37 uh, to each team inside there. Absolutely. So on a typical day, as, as I mentioned before, that daily medical checklist is the number one thing we try to get knocked out. Once that's knocked out, uh, there's breakfast and we'll go to breakfast. And if after breakfast, if there's treatments or whatever it may be, we're doing that. Uh, maybe there's a team meet and et cetera, but uh, it's usually breakfast practice following, or maybe a little break after breakfast followed by practice. Once practice is done, maybe there's a team meeting, et cetera, treatments. We're, we're doing those things and we still try to find a little time for fun as well. We want to be as normal as possible as well. So a lot of the guys and staff members have uh, hit the course a lot, golf course. We, we've been on a pontoon boat, a few of us at a, a time or two already. Hopefully we can go today again if it doesn't rain. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just doing those things and trying to have normalcy to our lives again. That's what we're trying to do. Now, on a game day, some of those things may change and be different depending on timing of the game and all of that. But, but it's going to be exactly where you're used to, Dante, in regards to we'll have shoot around. Or if it's not, it's a team meeting. After the team meeting, maybe there's a little break as we mentally and physically prepare for the game. And then there's the game. And after the game, there's your post-game treatments. And that becomes a full day, as you know. So those are some of the things that we are not privy to yet, but we're going to know hopefully starting Wednesday. Dr. Coleman, I, I can't believe I have to ask you this, but I'm going to. Uh, how important is it for the players inside on, uh, on Disney campus and for the people here in Central Florida to be wearing masks? And then part two, how good could it be for role models, and NBA players are role models, for people to see 
potentially those guys wearing masks and, and, and spread that sort of, yeah, it maybe shed some of the, um, uh, the misnomers about, about wearing masks. Um, so, the, so the scientific answer would be um, if you are inside of the bubble and if you're getting frequently tested um, and you continue to be negative, you don't exhibit any symptoms, then um, you should wear a mask when you are able to wear a mask. There are some things that you, that you shouldn't wear a mask to. For example, um, exercising, um, playing games, that wouldn't go over well. Um, if they're in um, public outside of the bubble, then it becomes much more paramount. And it's not just protecting yourself, but it's also protecting others. Um, and the, um, you know, I think what they've learned is their, their role models 24-7 um, um, to many people. I think that's fantastic. You know, nothing's perfect. As great a job as everyone's doing, Dr. Coleman, not, there, you know, there, there could be breaches. There, we've seen a couple of guys not even know that they, they broke the protocol in, in, inside this campus. What concerns maybe did you have when you first caught wind that this was going to be a possibility? What concerns might you still have now? And, and, and kind of how do we get through this thing uh, and, and finish the season? Yeah, so I think what keeps many of us up at night is just basic human nature. So human nature, especially in type A hard charging uh, top athletes who are just driven to success, is there's always a hesitancy to self-report. So the hesitancy to self-report, um, you know, the last thing, you know, all, you know, all of us know, um, you know, remember Michael Jordan playing with the flu game of 100, 103 temperature that um, you know, uh, did incredible things. Well, in the 21st century, we just can't have that, and especially in 2020. So you have to self-report, and if everybody's on the same playing field, it's protecting yourself, it's protecting others, and the only way to mitigate that is building trust and having a transparency in that. And, you know, the temperature checks is just a way to you know, more just um, remind them that this is, this, is, this is the plan and everybody is going through this together. It's, it's not just the individuals, but you have to have, have it for everyone inside of the bubble. The second thing is we live in the greatest country in the world. It is a free country. Um, we, don't, um, we can't lock people into the bubble. Um, there is... Uh, uh, there may be contact with people outside of the bubble, and that, um, if you do that, then that um, obviously presents um, breaches, and that presents yeah. challenges, and you're not just uh, putting yourself at risk, uh, but you know, now we know 40% of people that have COVID-19 are asymptomatic, and in a healthy young athletes who have great immune systems, the number could possibly uh, be higher than that. You know, many of the athletes over the past few months in all the sports um, that test positive, uh, the majority of them, if you look back, said, you know, I never even knew I had anything. 
So the, just the human nature of um, hesitant to self-report and um, kind of breaching the, uh, the bubble that's, that's, that's um, set up to protect you and others. And you know what's interesting, too? You mentioned that Michael Jordan flu game. That doesn't happen in two months, right? If a guy's got a temperature, he ain't playing uh, in that game. But, but, you know, now the stakes are higher, and potentially a very important playoff game, and that, that ability to self-report becomes critical to the survival of this thing, doesn't it? Absolutely. And you know what, Ernest? It's interesting. Everything you read and see and hear from everyone inside there, you know, almost 2,000, 1,600, something like that, is it feels to be uh, somewhat historic, right, that you guys are playing a huge role in bringing sports back. It's got to be kind of neat that, that to be a part of that and on the front lines of that. And I, is that – you feel like that's shared by everybody that's in there? Oh, absolutely. I think it is shared. And I think our, our players – are starting to realize it. And as these games get closer and when we play that first regular season game and, and when it does tip off July 30th for whomever the first set of games are, that's going to be, it's going to be mind boggling to everybody. They're going to just be like, wow, we're making history. We're, we're getting this thing going. And when they're, we're able to complete this process and the finals are over, I think the NBA is going to go, wow, we were the first professional sports organization or professional sports league, I should say, that uh, was able to bring sports back. And they're the pioneers, essentially. And again, Advent Health plays a huge part in that. I saw all the pictures, Jake, online of the players and the fish that they caught. I, I didn't see any of yours, Ernest. Did you catch anything? <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> okay. All right. Good luck to you. Dr. Thank Coleman, you. last one for me. I, 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 it feels like, like Dante said, this is historic. And I guess my question is, if, if we're going to have sports, does it need to be the level of detail that we've seen the NBA um, and Disney put into this? Is this, do you think this will, a few months from now, we'll look back and we'll say, obviously can't predict the future, but does it need to be this level of detail in order for us to even try this? Um, and do you think this will be the model for, for other sports trying to get back, uh, get back to games? Well, with competitive sports where there's, um, uh, two individuals playing in close personal contact. You know, if they're playing man-to-man -man defense, you're within six feet for prolonged periods of time. And so, and basketball, you can't wear, um, you know, it just would look funny if you're wearing face shields and masks and goggles and gloves. Um, and with exercise, especially the level that they perform at, the, the biggest threat is, um, is basically oxygen exchange, your inhalation, your exhalation um, goes up astronomically, and you have an exponential uh, turnover of whatever's in your lungs. In the history of mankind, all the big killers, the biologic threats in the world, smallpox, tuberculosis, mumps, measles, rubella, chickenpox, influenza, all of those are respiratory virus. So um, the novel coronavirus um, is another in a long line. And um, basically what we have to do is um, with playing competitive sports, you're gonna be within a few feet and it, it can travel 27 feet instead of six feet if you're playing, um, if you're exhaling and inhaling um, as high as it needs to be. So with that, we put all our money in eliminating the virus from the uh, people playing the sports. And so how you have to do that is the, 
the level of detail to um, uh, doing the best you can to make sure that um, while they're playing, they, they, they aren't infectious, they're not contagious uh, to, to others, and also protecting them from themselves that they don't have some of the inflammatory things that happen um, for somebody that has the virus. Well, last thing from me, Jake, Dr. Coleman, you, uh, Ernest, you guys have done a great job laying everything out and it's exciting. It's exciting to, to just be talking about live sports as well. Right. Do you guys share in our enthusiasm, just the fact that live sports seem to be coming back, Dr. Coleman? Um, I'll be excited when you and I can sit there in person and watch them in the stands. There you go. There you go. I am. Um, yeah, TV sports is, is kind of cool, but um, I think all of us, um, if, if you can be part of the, um, uh, the participatory um, action, that's, and so, so this is the first step, but we got to keep going and we have to do it in a safe, responsible way. I know you're excited, Ernest. Good luck to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. a, a big thanks to, to both of you guys for your time. Dr. Coleman, we appreciate everything, certainly. Uh, you and the team at Advent Health are doing for us here in Central Florida, for the entire NBA community. I know uh, they appreciate all the time and energy it's taken to pull off this, uh, this Disney campus. So a big thanks to both of you for joining us today in a very busy time. Um, that's going to do it for this edition of the Orlando Magic High Performance Podcast presented by Advent Health. For Dr. Coleman, Ernest Eugene, and Dante Marcatelli, I'm Jake Chapman. Be safe, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time.